What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm with my boy Marty Heem Cherry, the artist, DC rapper extraordinaire, uh, creative, and has amazing. I love your uh, your dreads, by the way. Oh, thanks. I don't even know how I like started wearing my hair like this. I just remembered. I so I um I grew my hair out from my afro, and then I started getting like two braids. And then when I would get my hair done for the braids, like they would like flat iron it. And then I started like getting like different girls I knew to um do like a bun in my head. So yeah. I would have like that Asian kind of like bun. So like that librarian bun or like yeah that? yeah like that um like the one bun in the back. No, nah, on top like this one. Oh, but it was smaller. Straight, yeah, it was just small. Okay. And then I locked my hair up. And then eventually when it got long enough, I was like, oh, let me try to like do that. And then it worked. And then I just like, I really liked that style. So I want to ask you about your music, right? When did you start making music, creating music? When did that spark your interest? I wrote my first song, like a real song when I was eight years old. I had... Um, what did the song sound like when you were eight? What was um, it called? I remember it was like, it's called Ambition. I remember a little bit of it. it you knew what like, Ambition was when you were eight years old? Bro, look, I'm telling you like this song the fact let me tell you something before i even rapped a little bit i remember bro i this was the crazy thing i wrote a chorus a hook and three verses but it's like i wrote a complete song and and the bars were like actually like eight four and everything but i just knew how to do it because i guess i had just heard it from the radio and just like soaked it in the game and then uh, I would do, I would count the syllables of each word. And then I would like know where to end it at because of the amount of rhymes. So it was, oh, for me, yeah. I think it was like, if I did like 16 rhymes in a row, that would be the end of the verse. But it was so crazy because I had that notebook up until I was like 13. So I was able to like actually flip the pages and look back at what I wrote and then actually count the bars. And I was like, yo, how did I write syllabically bar wise? like? structured song like professional song at eight but i didn't like nobody taught me you know what i'm saying but it was like ambition is what nobody can take from me ambition is why i stay on my feet ambition make that go make that ice ambition that's what make these rhymes so tight hey. ambition is Yo, what nobody that, can man. take from me hey yeah. i like it dude I'm surprised at eight years old. That's like a very wide vocabulary just from the lyrics you said. Yeah. And the fact that it was, do you sometimes feel like you wrote not better, but you had more of an inclination or an intuition towards songwriting when you were eight? It was like a pure, a pure, I mean, that song. Cause just, you said it came so naturally, right? It yeah, was that easier song, when you were eight. Now do you feel like you wrestle with creating song structures and sometimes it's, um, it's not as easy at times yeah but that's only because i'm like bound by like principalities and certain things that i'm i want to make sure i address this or i want to make a song for that the real the real times of feeling like that is like my like stuff i made in high school because you know i like i got songs that like people have never heard unless they really know me but like some of the subject matters that i was like broaching on those songs when I go back and play it it's just like this is crazy but it's just really um I think the key to songwriting is just it's two methods you can either go with the flow and that's the only way it'll work or you just um say your truth like you just gotta say it and I feel like sometimes um for me personally I know uh sometimes I don't want to like rap what what is on my tongue or on my heart to rap about you know what I'm saying so then that's when I feel like the uh writer's block what you call can come 
because it's like, oh, man, like, I'm trying to do something. You know what I mean? Most of the stuff that I've done that's worked, I didn't really have to. Well, I did have to try, but I kind of let it come. Like, no matter how hard I try, you got to, like, let it in, you know? Yeah, you kind of let it flow naturally. Yeah. So you talked about, like, song structure. And I know there's some songs that have no structure, don't follow mm-hmm. the prescribed structure that we're told a song should have. Do you ever just feel like going all young thug and just yeah, not following sure. any of the rules? And Yeah, I mean, I have songs like that. Um, I feel like your song National Anthem, Yeah. I heard that, and I feel like it, it's there's definitely a... An obscurity to it, a beautiful obscurity, an eccentricity to it, where there was parts in the song where you stopped the audio and it was yeah. just you having a moment in DC, right. which really added to like the whole mosaic. Yeah, that video um, is like one of my prized possessions. I really believe in that video um, outside of the context of um, like a year or a moment, because I think what that video has is like this capturing of something, but it's the fact that I was at the Capitol. It's the fact that I was downtown. It's the fact that like the things that I did in that video, I mean, we're here, so we see that stuff all the time but if you're like in seattle washington you're like what somebody just ran around dc and did this is he allowed to be there like yeah they don't understand yeah yeah it's crazy it is very accessible to us and just like and just the sub because that video is like subliminal so it's like subcontext like for example like the dog like the did you notice the dog in the video i didn't notice this was there like a dog i mean there's like dogs there's like multiple dogs in the video there's a baseball field there's the fireworks oh i noticed your pants you're wearing yeah yeah it's a bunch of like american symbolism symbolism for being american it's like having a dog like I'm on the baseball field, you know, that was America's pastime. Peanuts you know, the and crackers. Yeah. yeah. But as far as um as far as Young Thug and songwriting, I mean Young Thug is really dope. That's one of my favorite artists and even in that song, I just let it go. Like I just told the story. Sometimes like like in that in that song I'm literally talking about so many different things, but the key to it is like streamlining it so it kinda like folds into the next page you know what i mean yeah and, um i just i just wrote a story so it's telling a story you know what i mean so i just let it go that that was one that i like yeah so did that altercation actually almost happen when you're yeah so it was actually a real moment that was real yeah wow i could sense it was real but i had to I had to ask because mm-hmm. you know you yeah everybody likes check. everybody likes that part and that was a moment um where like i had to just decide whether I was going to like fight that dude or I was going to like keep shooting a music video. Yeah. And then I had to decide like, okay, like, should I put this in a music video? You know what I mean? And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to put it in because that's what being American like looks like. That's what being like black American looks like. That's what being from DC looks like. You know what I mean? Cause the video is about being American, but it's really about being from DC too. And it's just like what that guy did just really, was for a reason i guess you know what i mean make lemons out of lemonade it was like bro like the video could not have happened and then it's like you actually contributed to the video and it's like like i said like that that moment is it means a lot because it's re- it's a reflection of my life yeah like i wouldn't be here if i didn't like constantly have to like deal with that you know what i'm saying like i constantly got to deal with that a lot of mean mugging in dc happens but i really did enjoy that music video it was i read the title national anthem i thought it was going to be like a childish gambino this is america or something mm-hmm. but it was very different it, everything seemed like it was 
like you said, subliminal between the lines. Yeah. Uh, it was like three dimensional. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a I lot. I appreciate that. So, um, you were born and raised in D.C. Uh-huh. I'm a fifth generation Washingtonian. Whoa, that's rare. Yeah. So you're five generations of native D.C. Mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. That's cool. So what part of D.C.? Um, I was born on Webster Street. Um, that's northwest over there by like Petworth um, okay. area. And then I moved from there because like our house just was like infested with like mice and shit because of the neighbors. And like my mom had my mom. She's like the oldest sister. So she like inherited the house. And but, you know, when you like inherit the house, it's like everybody's house still. So then there was that. So then my mom and my mom worked. She graduated from Howard and everything. Um, So she got her own spot finally. And then we moved to Northeast over in uh, Fort Lincoln. Dope. That's well, dope. we moved around a little bit in between, but we settled in Fort Lincoln. But it was always like a DC move. Yeah. 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 That's dope because as somebody who's moving to your city, I asked for your permission to stay here because I feel like, you know, I love DC, but at the same time, I see the issues of gentrification. And yeah, I, mean, I, I like to not see myself as a gentrifier, but at the same time, I have to have that hard conversation with myself. And yeah. I, I do fall in the category, but yeah. I try to be an active gentrifier and i try to give back as much as i can yeah i mean i guess it's just a byproduct of capitalism or something like that i mean you know yeah it ain't really like i mean like it's not that deep yeah (laughs) no i mean it's deep but it's like what can you do like do you just like move to the south side and then buy like a apartment but that makes me even more of a gentrifier right i mean i don't know i don't study like that's that's the thing about me it's like i see it and like it hits different when like my mom talks about it because it's like all of the people who are like 50 and older in DC can see a time where DC was like fucked up for a long time. And they, they talk about Marion Barry. And it was like, soon as Marion Barry died, it Who's was Marion Barry. He was like the mayor that smoked crack. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I didn't know his name. But yeah, I remember yeah. there, was a, there was a mayor who smoked crack in yeah. DC. He, um, once he died, that's when they started like the national stadium and they did a bunch of other shit. So there, were they, was it like coincidental that that happened or were they waiting for well i think it was um i think it had a like coincidental it was also he was more for like the people so he wouldn't he wouldn't like sign certain contracts with certain people that probably mayor bowser did like i see so whatever he he was really for the people apparently because he was smoking crack too and i mean like i know what it feels like to look at yourself in the aspect of gentrifier because you know some of my best summers i've ever had in my life was in bushwick brooklyn and it wasn't until like i came back or until it dawned on me or, or until the gentrifier like topic became bigger i was like they're about to do what they did in bushwick in dc because when you go to bushwick you see like the bushwick that you love with all the thrift stores and all the other shit but then you see like the hood buildings and you see the hood still right there and then that's when i was like bro like when we go to bushwick we're actually just like (laughs) in the disney world of like whatever you know what i'm saying you know i don't know like i'm on a mental plane where it's like i can acknowledge things and i can identify things and logic and shit like that but it's like i don't really have um I don't really tend to get too much caught up in like personal, like each person's contribution. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's more of a collective thing because everybody moves for different reasons and stuff like that. And also we're all a little, you know, like you said, you go to New York and you're kind of a gentrifier a little bit for that weekend in Bushwick. And, you know, it's, I think it's uh, the developers are to blame. Let's just blame the bigger people. I mean, it's the, (laughs) it's the developers, it's the system, it's the economics, it's it, it. 
it is economics at the end of the day if housing was a right this wouldn't be an issue yeah and because I mean, then the rent rent couldn't go up or if they had like um rent controlled rent yeah you know capped rent yeah but i mean that's a rabbit hole bro you know you know what it is bro that's what i'm saying it's like People, people like to like, you know, and everything had like, not everything, but a lot of things have merit, but it's like, there's the gentrifier, then there's the bank, then there's the dollar bill, then there's the person who gave the dollar bill a value, then there's people who make sure that it stays in value. So it's just like, people want to solve gentrification, but I don't think you can solve gentrification without solving like wealth issues and stuff like that. But imagine if we didn't have dollars, like, would you barter for your rent? With your landlord every month, like what would you give your landlord? For I mean, your, I don't even know. Like ten chickens or something. Like yeah, something, something that actually, something that has a value outside of what you place on it. So like intrinsic value, like yeah. But that's like, I think you'd use using all your time to get buffalo skins. So every month you'd be like, that's what we're doing right now. But that's with, what you don't see. With that's money. The, that's the that's what that's what people don't realize. Like it's funny because I was listening to something on the radio and they were talking about like, oh yeah, they was talking about the subway tuna, right? Because that thing happened with tuna. And they, Wait, what happened with tuna? So Subway, somebody came out with an article. and they Oh, were like, there's the no tuna. actual tuna right. in the tuna. Yeah. So then Subway's trying to clear it up. And they're like, our tuna is Alaskan, wild caught, blah, 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 blah. Whatever they're saying, right? And then to me, as I'm like riding in the car, just overhearing it, I was thinking like, um, people are still like cavemen and stuff. Because we're like still eating fish out of the ocean. Which is still pretty primitive like the same way somebody will walk up to the ocean and like get their fish out slice it and eat it it's like we're still eating like that so we just look different you see what i'm saying we just have like nicer clothes or whatever and the means of production are different too like we're not ourselves going and doing it but we're hiring people who make less than us to go and process the fish it's a real simple thing but it's like if anything cavemen are smarter because they have less between them and the fish i mean we have miles we have yeah, processes because it's way more chemicals of us. yeah it's way more of us now so all that comes into play but I, but i was looking at it from the aspect of like you know how um a herd of buffalo will just go to the same spot every year right yeah it's like the human taste for like the things that we eat just hasn't changed you see what i'm saying we'll still eat fish and still love it so yeah. i was just looking at it in a um from a simplicity vegan, of it are you looking at it from a vegan perspective because nah, you mentioned that. you're vegan yeah not even that um but just from the aspect of just like some things just don't get old yeah like no matter how long like until the sun blows up like we'll still enjoy eating fish or eating whatever we eat like as far as like true. like chemically in our body it still does what it well know. it's like the i think it's the nutrients that we're craving like the omegas yeah and i, I feel like for me being like a person that had, like lives in the future it's like i think i'm just so used to you live in the jimmy neutron world this is that oh snap that's what i'm saying like we live in the future you're a kid with a knack for adventure i mean you might not be able to see that it's the future because like things still kind of look the same but we are in the future right now you know you got to look at it like we're like a hundred years from like whatever else was on like whatever had happened a hundred years ago don't even hit like it was a hundred years ago like a hundred years ago they probably came out with like a car or something yeah like the first um model t right ford or something wow so as a vegan do you feel like it's sustainable for the whole world to be vegan it's if everybody in the world today took a vow of veganism 
how would that look and would you be happy for that change i mean i don't know i've heard different debates about um like the sustainability being plant-based and all of that but i don't really i don't really know you know to be honest but um the reason why i eat this way is because uh around like 2012 i just started learning about like energy and like different things and like different perspectives on diet and stuff like that and uh you know i just felt like if there's anything i can do to increase my frequency and my energy and my um mental space you know what i'm saying i felt like i needed it at the time i was like in 12th grade and it was just like a lot and then like one of my friends had died and i was like trying to go to college or decide whether i wanted to do that or not and like um i had some friends who was like into consciousness and into like eating and whatnot and uh i would eat the food and it was fine with me so i just took up that mask with just trying to like increase my frequency and energy and my thing is this it's like I'm plant-based and I'm one of those plant-based people that um, I don't eat pizza. Like I'll eat birthday cake if it's somebody's birthday that like, uh, like I love, you know what I mean? I'm not like- It was like, your mom's birthday the other day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you had birthday cake. I didn't because we was at a restaurant and it was like a little piece of cake. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was like, man, I should eat this cake. Are they sing happy birthday for you guys? Like, the, Yeah. But uh, I mean, birthday. we sung happy. It was like a fancy restaurant. So they didn't like do the thing. The cheesy the, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. they, they, they show love. But I'm like, bro, when it comes to this eating thing, it's like, trust me, I'm plant-based, bro. If you ask like my girlfriend, she knows I'll be eating like real strict or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Rice but, cakes and stuff. You eat rice cakes? Yeah, I'll eat rice cakes, but I'm more like so I'm like alkaline vegan. So that's kind of different from oh, you're like a sub a subgroup of vegans. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the more like health conscious because you can you can eat a donut um, with soy in it and a bunch of sugar and stuff, and then you can get fat. But if you're eating like wild rice and alkaline foods, it kind of limits the mucus in your body, and that's where uh, most diseases come from. It's like a buildup of mucus and oh, stuff really? like that. Yeah, it's like that's where the body. We throw our bodies out of whack because we put too much or we don't have enough of something in our body. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're eating alkaline, that's the like safest way to eat as far as like making sure your body has the minerals, making sure your body doesn't have those extra additives. That's what I'm really about. Like I can be around people who um, don't eat meat or like, you know, I'll suggest you to make certain changes in your diet but i'm not like a person that thinks like you're not a dictatorial vegan yeah nah i mean i just look at the facts you know what i'm saying i just look at the science behind it and i just look at like the reality in your own experience right you said you felt better in 12th grade when your frequency was raised i mean explain to the audience what that is because i know a lot of people listening are like what's i don't even i don't even okay so your frequency is like your vibration so so it's an energy thing right yeah but we each each human being has a little heart, like a little electromagnetic field around them like pulsating from your heart and all of that yeah um that's why you get the shock sometimes or whatever science class um so there's that but then it's all about belief it's all about what you subscribe to so um i was just reading up on some things and i was like okay like you're telling me that if i am eating animals that are, were murdered and they were shrieking and or whatever about their family and all whatever that stress can get in the food blah 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 blah. so then if you cut that out you'll have less of that in your body and there's certain um science behind that as far as like cholesterol and stress and little things like that but um i just look at it from that aspect and i i don't know if i noticed the change in my frequency and my energy like in those words I, i can't tell you whether i did that but i know that from the time that i made that decision in 12th grade 
um, there were so many different things that happened in my life that um, just seemed as though things were coming to me in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Talk more about that. I mean, bro, like, see, and it's that podcast world where you be like saying shit. And then you be like, damn, like, do I really want to like say this? Thing? You don't have to, you don't have to say anything. Live my you truth. Um, nah, but I mean, like, you feel like you were just I, you were lucky. I experienced. Okay, so uh, I'm a dream person, so I've had all different types of dreams. Yeah. So when I tell you, like, my dreams went from like, okay, you dream and stuff, and da da da, to like, okay, you just saw your great grandmother in your dream, and you you carried her up the steps. And she was like, and, and you were crying in your dreams. Like, yeah, I had to go through so much. Mind you, I never dreamed about my grandmother. Or um, other dreams were like, um, I had this one dream where I formed the Merkaba and I like flew to the end of space. And then I like just woke up in my bed and you know what I mean? And then I had this other dream where like I was in my dorm, right? And then uh, I wasn't dreaming, but there was a strange, <laughs> there was a strange noise, like high piercing noise. And my mans, he used to make beats on one of those machines where you could like play with the frequencies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like he's in the room and like he's fucking with me or it's like a dog whistle. So I I sit up like the undertaker, I turn to the right and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? And it's nobody in the room. I don't know what the fuck that was, bro. Like shit like that to where, and it was a radio station across the street. So I don't know, but it was like, (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? And then I was freaked out and then like, two seconds later my mom called me like literally two seconds later yeah so i don't know what that was but shit like that or like running into people or like having sex with girls that i never thought i could have sex with and then i'm not saying that changing my diet caused all of that but it was just a period in life but in a real way i can tell you like um just health wise i've seen differences you know what i'm saying like when you go to the bathroom or like your energy or you can eat less you don't have to nap after you eat yeah you don't have to nap after you eat and you don't feel heavy after you eat yeah you know what i'm saying but it's it's you just gotta look into the um the science about it like don't don't take my word for it you know what i'm saying well like reading rainbow don't take my word for it (laughs) it's in a book and that's the thing it's like bro like i don't even advocate you know what i'm saying everybody goes vegan like i'm not even one of those type of people but I I can tell you that. Well, I think everybody should try everything once, and if you like it, do it. And for some people, maybe their bodies or their health requirements require them to have a level of protein or zinc or I don't know what's uh, what the nutrients are in meat. But um, yeah. maybe for them, they have to eat meat. I know there's some diseases where like you know they have to have a higher amount of protein in their in their system and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's some people that you know just try it before you the buy lucky, it. The lucky ones. Yeah, like you, yeah. out here manifesting, having amazing dreams. You will have amazing dreams if you go vegan. That's what I'm learning. I, I I know some people. I used to have really crazy dreams when I would eat avocados. Really? Yeah, and I, I heard that was because of the omega threes. And then I was just eating. I was. Just, I remember I have like lucid dreams. So then I would just eat avocados and just like go into this like third dimension. Nah, I feel and enjoy like, myself. I feel like like dreams, bro. Like yeah. Have you ever been able to... Interpret dreams? Not even interpret, but have you ever um, been in a dream and you know it's a dream? Yeah, it used to happen when I was like in high school more. Look, I've been in a dream where I knew it was a dream. When I knew it was a dream, when I conceived that in my head, somebody in a dream like looked right at me like, oh, this motherfucker is like 
awake in this fucking dream and then i like ran <laughs> look i ran get him bro literally it was that type of vibe i ran and i jumped head first into the floor to wake myself up so what was he gonna do like just like bro, unplug you or something bro it was like he's gonna snitch on you bro it was like um they was trying to like put me in like this like cult type shit like the dream was only like uh probably like 20 seconds long because it's like you know how some dreams you just pop in like it was already going, but then you like come become aware or something. Yeah, yeah. So it was already action. Like scene was going. Like I'm in there. Like they're walking me around. They're like, yeah. So you just gotta like have sex with this girl, and then like you'll be in. And then well, I'm. Well, you're like, vegan, so you can have sex with her now. So. No, I was like literally like, uh, I do not want to be in this dream. I'm about to like get out of this dream. And as soon as I thought that, it was like they knew. And then I like turned around and I bolted like through some saloon doors and i like <laughs> it was like an old west. west yeah this is an old west yeah bro a spaghetti western dream bro yeah dude that's crazy and i don't even like know where some of these jumps be coming from because i don't even be like you know what i'm saying you're not watching bonanza at like 3 a.m no that's wild that reminds me when i was like younger and i would remember i was in dreams like i would have the awareness ever since like you would remember or as soon as you would like realize you were in a dream I feel like the clock would start going off. Like that's it. Like your dream's gonna end soon. Yeah. Like as soon as you know, then you know you have like only a couple seconds. That was always me. Yeah. But see, bro, like. But I read online though. If you if you turn around in a circle, do you hear about that? Mm-mm. <laughs> they, Tell me. So they have these little these little tips like how to lucid dream properly. Mm. Not to cut you off, but no, you good. Um, what you do in the dream is is you turn around in a circle like three times or something, mm. and then that makes the dream extend so you could be more aware for longer hey i don't know man i, I never got to, to try it but listen. perhaps how about you what were you saying listen like some dreams be like okay this dream has meaning and then i'm trying to tell you like one of the wildest dreams i ever had in my life i had this year and when i tell you it was like a black woman led me through like five or six different experiences and left and came back not even on my own accord like she would leave me somewhere and then she would like pop up again and then it was just like and and i woke up i was like sweating heavy and like i was just i was laying there and i was like uh if i see 626 on this phone because i felt like i was gonna see 626 wait because it was in the dream like no it wasn't i'll explain the i'll explain the 626 but i had a feeling like i was gonna see 626 and i did and that was like confirmation of like, okay, number one, you're sweating in your bed like you're on drugs. Number two, you just had one of the wildest dreams in your life where you cried within like five seconds of talking to this woman. And uh, um, you you saw 626 when you woke up and you had a feeling that you was going to see that. So, I mean, like, I'm going to tell you like this, like, I believe um, in like a spiritual world. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. I don't, you know, it's just you got to be in the know, not even in the know. You just got to be in alignment. And and some people don't like to use the word luck, but I will. So I'll say you're just lucky to experience that. You're just lucky to be in the right place at the right time. But what's the odds, bro? Like, I've been with my significant other for one year. Me and her on our first date went to Rock Creek Park. We saw two Blue Jays. Literally a year later. A year and a day later, we went to the same place and we saw two Blue Jays in the same place. So were these Blue Jays together? Yeah. Maybe they were the same Blue Jays. It could have been the same Blue Jays. 
So where do you draw the line between coincidence and miraculous occurrence? Um, when you can't draw that line. Like, when you can't draw it. Because I feel like most of the times, like with those Blue Jays, it's like we did nonsensical things that day that put us in alignment with those Blue Jays. Like, we stopped at the store, meandered around for no reason. Like, then we got back on the road and then we, you see what I'm saying? When you can look at the little details and be able to be like, oh, if I didn't drop my ring in the sink and spend two minutes getting it out, then I wouldn't have been. Like, that's the type of stuff where you can be like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you can't, if you can't, like, put it together then and and another thing is like i feel like some people like get to that point where they're always trying to find like signs and symbols yeah so then that's when you lose sight of it but i'm not like that but certain things like you just can't ignore the fact that you thought you was going to see a certain number i'm going to throw you a scenario right yeah. now you pick up your phone and you look at it and it says 11 11 how do you feel about that is I mean, that miraculous i sign mean i feel like i feel like our coincidence that's I feel like I, because I am like a millennial or whatever, I look at it and I'm like, okay, maybe that's dope. Maybe it's dope that I seen that. But that's like, that's like when I tell you, that's entry level like shit. That's what like you think about in high school. You think about like whatever. Entry but, level like spirituality. But what I'm telling you is you get to a point where you experience something that you, you're, sh you're shooken by it. Yeah. Like literally you're like, you're like, like, it's no way I'm supposed to see my best friend from high school in L.A. after I took a road trip and we didn't even know we were going that's to be That's weird. Yeah. This, Stuff I mean, like that is definitely strange. No, nah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not talking about 11, 11, 4, 4, 4, not to, like, diminish that. Um, but, you know, like, especially when you got your phone in your hand all day. Yeah, you know like, you're, I mean? and then, you know, numeral, numer, numerals are repetitive anyway. So yeah. you're going to see 11, 11 two times a day. Four, yeah. four, 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 so four, yeah, two, the odds are in your favor to a certain extent. I get that. Yeah. I get that for sure. And like I said, I'm not one of those people who's like always looking for a sign, but it's like it's something, bro. And when you experience it, you experience it like you've experienced it in your own way. You know course, what I'm saying? Yeah. But what is that? That's the, I'm not even saying answer, but I'm saying like, what the fuck? It's really a what the fuck? Oh, for me, I found myself seeing these quote unquote signs or occurrences and if i think too much about them it can drive me crazy because i'm like okay what does it mean i try to find the meaning behind it right mm -hmm. what does it mean is this is it foretelling things to come is it an omen is it a good luck thing i don't know like is it a, a foreshadowing of something so me when i get caught up in that i'm like was it just random because i look at those signs and i'm like well that was just a sign in that moment and i, I realized that nothing really came let's say i saw my friend in la and that was it. I saw my friend in LA. That was the only thing randomly, like you said. That's mm. all that came from it. So for me, I'm always looking for something more, unfortunately. I feel like I'm never satiated spiritually. Yeah, I mean. I'm like, okay, so this means that I'm in alignment. So then I'm on a good luck streak. So I should go to, the, you know, the lottery store and get yeah, a lottery that's ticket. That's what you're or supposed to do. Get a lottery ticket? I mean, yeah, get a lottery ticket or think about it, do something logical. But it's like, don't miss the moment like if you find five dollars on the ground right don't spend that five dollars like on a stick of gum like be like i'm gonna save this five dollars for when i need it and then maybe oh. and then maybe you forget about that five dollars right and then two years later you find the five dollars and that's the like coincidence is like oh i found this five dollars but 
this was the five dollars I found back then. But I told myself that I was going to do something with it, and it just turns out that you need. It's like that type of stuff, and I feel like, um, like you just gotta be like, it's just luck at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you, you were lucky enough to put yourself in the right space at the right time because and i'm kind of going like a little deep with this but it's like think about animals and how they don't really control whether they survive at the end of the day it's all about um whether they beat the battle with the predator or whether they just weren't chosen by the predator or maybe they just flew off just in enough time to not get pounced on you see what i'm saying yeah and if we see nature right if we look at nature and we see the unpredictableness of nature why is that not in our lives as well you know what i'm saying in terms of like just luck luck luckily enough also just like relying on just the universe because think about these animals they don't worry about savings accounts they don't worry about electric bills they literally wake up hungry every day and then they magically have food in their stomachs at the end of the day i mean but see they're in alignment because they because they're vegan they practice a lifestyle that is intentional um the ones in the wild they don't they they generally have a uh calling they have a calling like the the magnetic energy on the planet will make the birds fly south you see what i'm saying wow yeah they know when a tsunami is coming when a storm is coming before we do the canary in the coal mine right yeah they used to put a canary in the coal mine because the canary could kind of predict when the collapses would happen Hmm. but what's ironic is nobody would save the canary they would all just run out yeah i mean that's the benefit of being an animal is that like you just get used by humans <laughs> i mean yeah they're not they don't they'll die and they don't really like it's whatever do you think animals have souls um me and my dad got in an argument about this one time and it was like funny because that was like the first argument that uh we had ever gotten into as like men and that's he, a funny argument to, yo, for your first and argument. And it was totally unexpected. I didn't expect him to like, get so thrown off. But I think, I, I don't know what, what I was. What about guinea pigs, though? I don't know so what I was on that day. Because I was just dead set to try to tell him, like, animals don't have souls. I think I, like, read that somewhere or something. That I, was I think just, that's a, more of, like, an Abrahamic perspective. Because in Eastern religions, they do believe that animals have souls. Because of reincarnation, right? So yeah, you could technically like, become an animal. Um, but I'm just saying that's those are just different perspectives. But, I know, I know. But go ahead, go ahead with you your mean. your defense. I, I don't know. I think at that time I was more so speaking from that place, like devil's advocate, and my dad was definitely like, "Bro, like this is how the conversation." And he was like, "You can tell that dumb shit to your mother." And I was just like, "Oh," and then I I didn't say nothing else after that because you know it's like when you're dealing with men from a certain era, it's like they know how to end a conversation. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. your dad, so you're not about to be like. But not though. And I think I even might have been like, but not though. And then try to like keep talking, but he just blew me off because it's like, whatever. He was like, nigga, like, I don't know what you're talking about. But um, all dogs go to heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do I think animals have souls? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, I think there are like those type of like Beethoven animals where it's like, this this is an animal with a soul. Like, you know what I'm saying? This animal. Air bud. Yeah. This, this eagle that keeps. Doing the shit that survived all the bullshit and still here, this is a different breed of eagle. But then most of the birds will be like just stupid birds. But you know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Do you then, think animals develop souls when they go to the zoo? Like to become like corporate animals? Like all of a sudden they're more human in nature? Like because they live like more sedentary lives. They get fed twice, three times a day. No, I think that I think that I don't know if 
Like, do they have souls? Because it's the difference between spirit and a soul and it's all this other shit. I don't know if animals have souls. I know that they're intelligent life forms and I know that they have wants, desires, and needs and they're evolutionary beings. So it's like what an elephant is today, the elephant might not be there a million years from now. The elephant could just have some type of thing that we can't predict happen in his brain and then it becomes like, something else and you know whatever but i mean yeah. at the end of the day it's just you just got to respect it i feel like humans just have so much power that we don't have to like respect the elephant and stuff or whatever you know what i'm saying we could just control it because we're smarter yeah like the elephant is subservient to humans because even though it's bigger smarter. than us we we can develop weapons if we didn't have weapons we would be way down on the yeah, yeah. probably like i think ants would be before us Ants can organize and they I work mean, together. I don't think we work together sometimes. Intelligence is, is the key. When did you find out that humans and dolphins are the only species that have sex for pleasure? Um, I don't know. Probably like five years ago or something like that. Exactly five like, years ago. It was 2016. I'm like a factoid person. Isn't that wild though? Cause so, so I like all those type of facts. Because people always, there's this idea that animals are wild and savage and and, and have no control over their bodily functions but actually it's humans who who are like that they're very we're all strategic like see i'm one of those type of people who believe that like we're all animals but then i believe in like a higher power and i feel like a lot of times it's either like left or right it's either like science or religion you know what i mean yeah but like i'm in the middle of like i can hear both sides i can like put two and two together you know so you definitely believe in like evolution right yeah for the most part yeah. yeah like i have my own little like nuances with that yeah you make it fit I mean, yeah, you make I mean, it fit into your. I don't, uh, I don't, I spend less time trying to like figure it out based off of like what I know and just accept, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I don't really care, like, about, like, that's the thing about me. I'm like conscious or whatever or woke, but that's not my um, claim to fame. Like, I'm a rapper. You're not, that's, a, you're not a woke rapper. Nah, I, I, I am a woke person that raps. Wow. Yeah. But I am a rapper that became awoken through rap? Yeah. For sure through rap. Because everything about me is because of rap. Like, there's a whole alternate universe where I'm like a Republican who has no wife and has... Are you married? Uh, nah. Who has no wife, who has no car, um, who just is living for money because, like, I can... Like, I'm very rational. If it wasn't for, like, my emotions and just respect or even for, like, a higher power kind of thing, oh, maybe I shouldn't, like, steal this shit. Maybe I should work with integrity. Yeah. Like, because there's a reward, and I have been rewarded by that type of, like, way of being, because there are, there have been times in life where, like, I really needed something and somebody gave it to me, or I got some wow. food for free, or I got a ride home, like, because uh, I went to school in Chicago for a little bit, and uh, one night we was, like, in a shady part of town, and we went to this dope warehouse party, and me and my man was stuck at the bus stop, and this lady came out of nowhere off her porch and was like, oh, y'all waiting for the 92? Uh, I think y'all should go ahead, because that bus don't stop running. And then I ran into my other friend who had told me about the party, and they had a pickup truck, and we, like, rode on the back of the pickup truck, like, back to the right side of town. But it's, like, those are the moments that I hold on to when I'm, like, um... You know, like, what's the reward of, like, not fighting that guy? Or what's the reward of not doing this and not doing that? Because if you look at... When I can look at my life, and everybody can't, but I can look at my life and see, like, okay, like... You know what I'm saying? There has been a mercy shown on my life from either a higher power or even just humanity in general. You know what I'm saying? Have you tasted the wrath of the universe? No. Where you where you could connect no. a negative action to a negative consequence supernaturally? I mean... Probably not. Probably not, because... 
I'm still growing and I'm like not paying attention to stuff as much as I need to. But I can tell you that um, I've I've set the time aside to focus on what people like to call sins or my shit that I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I do it every year um, around the like uh, Ethiopian New Year, which is like September 11th. I like go sit and I like think about, okay, like I still need to do this or like I was so wrong for doing that or like whatever. And I feel like, you know, um, when you do certain things that's bad, uh, they stay with you. So that's the punishment. Like, you know, the memory is the punishment. Yeah. The the fact that you're that person and you got to live with that. You got to live the fact that you're the person that um, went out with your friend and told them like, uh, Hey, like, um, I think I'm gonna leave, but you really wanted to leave because like, you felt like they were like making you look less cool. And then you got to look at yourself like, okay, like, am I even a good friend or like, who am I? Or like, why am I so insecure about like this or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, wow, that's very introspective. I mean, it's re- I'm a real, I'm, I'm a real person. And sometimes you'd be too real and it's like, bro, we're all going to fall short. But it's like it'd be the realest people like Anthony Bourdain, like type shit. It's like, bro, like respect to anybody that lost somebody from a situation like that. But it's like the man had a mind that was sound. But it's like your mind is so sound that like the the silence is just deafening. And like you're just so real that you can't even love the person because you know this. And you see what I'm saying? It's just so much shit. You trying to be so real that you really lose connection with everything else you know what i mean and that resonates with me because i feel like to operate in our modern world you have to have a degree of artificiality to you a little bit or at least be able to see life through it you can't be too real because you're gonna you're gonna struggle a lot i mean our reality isn't even real exactly so you kind of have to be a part of the simulation all you can do all you can do at times all you can do is like your best or something i don't know bro it's just like at the end of the day it's like well a good example is like i think like relationships right so so many couples especially like in marriages they they go into marriages and they're like we're gonna love each other forever you go to weddings right and yeah, I've been let's do like one yeah one let's say if you went to two weddings the divorce now yeah in the same summer one of those marriages probably would have gotten divorced right it's a 60 percent divorce rate like right. statistics right so one it's basically one out of two um, if you round down, it's actually worse than that. One and a half out of two, so half of a marriage. But you know, we were rounding down for the sake of the, the analogy. But everybody goes into marriages assuming that it's going to last forever. Like that's the thing. Like oh, forever and you forever till death do us part. And you go in there and you're like, you have to just pretend. Even in the, if your heart, you know, there's a possibility we're going to get separated you have to that's that's i think that's part of the fakeness and the artificiality that you have to carry with you you have to pretend everything is incense and peppermints and roses and edible arrangements yeah you just gotta be about it you just gotta be like number one you gotta like make a right choice you gotta pick the right person but then you also but then always i mean even even if death doesn't do your part death will do your part yeah but i'm saying you gotta pick the right person and then you gotta like just be committed like to hold them down you know what i'm saying yeah but th- things happen i'm just saying like bro in, but like, it's like you don't know for the people who well i'm not married or it's like but. lying to people like let's say you go to your you know your mom's place and she cooks you food and, and you, you don't like it good. yeah you tell her it's good like that's not being too real like the people that be too real is the ones that like make it i'm talking about like 
Make what? Make it in life. The like Kobe Bryant, for example. Okay. It's like he wouldn't have been Kobe Bryant if he didn't like spend countless hours like just trying to be Kobe Bryant. Like, you know like, what I mean? Becoming the character Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like not letting other stuff get in his way. Like to the point where it's like, okay, like I have something to do and then I have this workout at five. I'm not going to do, I'm going to miss like birthdays and stuff, but I'm going to work out. That may not be the right way to live, but it produces results. You see is it saying? worth it? And do we want to live in a world where that's the only way you can quote unquote make it? I is mean, if you sacrifice but that's the every thing. other aspect of your life. That's the thing about nature is brutal. I don't even think that's nature. I think it is, man. Nature it, sucks. It's nature, but it's also, I think, hyper capitalism because a relentless capitalism because most people want to make it not for the prestige necessarily, but so they can have money so they don't have to work as much so they can have a large amount of money. It's, it's, I mean, but look at him. He had the money. He just wanted, he just wanted to create be a legacy the best. or something. He wanted yeah. to be the best that he could be. And he was real. So he knew that if I'm not trying my hardest, then I, I'm not going to be the best that I can be. That's in a very, it's a very American thing though. Like American exceptionalism that we're going to be the best. And, and the idea of a best is very relative, right? Yeah. If sure. you're the best, you're counting on other people to be subpar or not up to your standard. You can only be the best if other people are failing. And I mean, you can also be your own measuring stick. You just you just be like this. It's like the best compared to yourself. Yeah. You're your own measuring stick. But that's not what like, it means. No, but I'm we know saying, that's not what it means. I'm saying when you're when you're real, you know, that's what it means because you know that like, OK, there's only but so much i can do but the thing is like how do i even know what i can do if i don't even like literally try my hardest like how do i know how much i can um like save up off this check if i keep allowing myself to call ubers and stupid stuff go to starbucks every morning yeah like it's like and then look but these are the people who make the sacrifices who make the commitments that get it done it's like we were talking about marriage it's like if i'm not really like being that like husband role then how do i even know the potential of my marriage if i'm like not looking at it from an aspect of like okay i'm gonna be the best husband i can be and that might be like oh like i'm like not gonna like start this argument like right but it's like if you keep allowing for these little things then it's like you don't really know so it, so it has I, nuance but i guess in personal matters like relationships it's hard to gauge or compare to others but like going back to kobe and competitive sports when you want to be the best you want to beat the other teams you want the teams to not be the best you want to win the trophy you want to be in the hall of fame i mean so those things are very much relative to other people in your field and the greater community yeah but basketball like for players. kobe kobe for example it's like he knew based off of his own insanity that like the people around him weren't as crazy as he was about the game and he's just like, yo, like y'all are not trying as hard as me. And that's the only reason why I'm even better than y'all. It's really mental at the end of the day, because we can all go in this gym and like work out and shoot the ball a hundred thousand times. And then like, we can see who we really are, or we can like shoot the ball when we feel like it and do stuff when we feel like it. And then some people are just lucky and some people are just talented. Like, so they can get it done or they'll depend on me like you're not the star player of the team i'm the star player but like we're both going to get this ring together because we both have a uh uh even trade but the thing is like certain people just take it to a different level where you know it's like nah i actually am trying like my absolute hardest like 
in in those times where I wanted to quit, like I just didn't quit, like you know, or I didn't like say like let me just like you know whatever. It's interesting that both marriage and competitive sports have rings. It's like the yeah, because the ring is a is a symbol. A symbol. <laughs> it really is. If you're loved, to... and then the thing is, like I just I just started because I I work at like a a store that sells clothes. Um, and I never had rings and, uh, I got some rings when I worked there and I put the rings on and it made me like my, my gesticulation and everything like feel different, but the ring holds your finger in a certain way where your blood flow is different. You know what I'm saying? How did you feel when you had the ring on? Um, just like I could feel my hand more, you know what I'm saying? You felt the blood. Did your hand fall asleep a little bit, tingle or? Nah, but the, the ring is too tight on one of my fingers. So it definitely was causing something different to happen but adjustment but that's what i'm saying bro Mm -hmm. like the world is based on what you know so and what you believe so um if you if you study like certain things like they'll tell you about each finger and what each finger means and like how this finger is like connected to your heart line or something like that like eastern eastern medicine and all that yeah bro and it's just like so you can know that but then the question is do you believe that yeah and then it's just like i think some of it i mean i've had cupping done wet cupping yeah where you bleed out really yeah i've had that well, i don't even know what that is so i only know like hot cups where like it's like a massage but they like. yeah i i've got that done as well i didn't like that as much as the wet cupping wet cupping is what they do is they basically make slits in your skin mm. not to gross you out no, as a vegan i don't want to <laughs> uh, but they take these cups and they basically they suck like it's not, I don't know, it's like basically like a fluid or blood that comes out of you in each cup. And, and why do they, what do they believe when you do that? So they believe that the, there's like bad blood, stagnant blood in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So when you remove that blood, you improve circulation, helps with pain relief. I did it just for overall maintenance. I wasn't. Did you notice anything? Different? Yeah, I did. I noticed my vision got sharper mm. and I don't have vision problems yeah. at all. I don't yeah. wear glasses, yeah. thankfully, but I have. I noticed it's like things were clear and I read that that was like a listen man. and they didn't even do it on my eye like it was just on my back I'm like oh, it's all connected they do it from the eye no they don't oh, no no I get what you're saying like yeah, it's yeah, not even on your head it's just yeah. like the spots are on your back yeah man that's because um, the body is the body is definitely connected like it's yeah my posture but everything like I felt like lighter so it's interesting modern science hasn't really explained what that like it's like acupuncture right Every yeah, town I, has I an acupuncture. acupuncture. I've had acupuncture. And you felt, you felt. Oh, it's definitely like real. Like, because yeah. you feel high. Like, I had full body. They put it in my head. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I've I've had just my ears done before. How many it, How many do they put in your ear? Uh, Probably, like, seven. Because it's, like, okay. points in your ear for, like, different organs and stuff. Wow. And, I mean, most things don't just work, like, one time. I feel like when you smoke weed, you get high. So, or, like, when you eat a sandwich, you feel full. So I think we look at um, medicine like and things like that or sea moss or whatever. It's like, man, I just ate this whole thing of sea moss. Like, well, I don't feel like healthier now. Things take time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's routine. You got to do it yeah, every like week. And it's, it's expensive. Acupuncture is like $100 a session. Mm, well, luckily, both times that I... I did, it, I did it on YouTube. I did it to myself. <laughs> you know, I got TikTok. it for free. Yeah. Oh, sweet! You got it for free. Yeah, there was like this some random spot out in Merlin that would like it was like a community spot, so you could just do like five dollars or like nothing. That's awesome. Or whatever. Yeah, I think it's closed down now. But it then, sounds like they closed down. That was too good to be true. Yeah, but then <laughs> look, then look, I knew, I knew a like a like this guy is really a legend because like he lives this alternative lifestyle, whatever. 
um, and uh, he did acupuncture on my ears, and he was teaching us how to do acupuncture. I missed other things, and we did acupuncture. Um, I didn't do it. The, the, like one of the girls who knew how to do it did it on my ear, and uh, it, I would. I felt the same sensation that I felt in my like in my whole body that I felt from like needles everywhere in my body, wow. just from my ears. So, do they believe like the ears is like a convergence of like nerves and yeah, it does, meridian it, lines? Yeah, it does. So, like the ears, like like the bottom might be connected to like your feet, or the top might be connected to your like. I think it's like the way that our ears are. It's kind of like a fetus upside down. So then that's how you would like base the body points or whatever. Oh. But I'm not sure. There's like a science that's kind of like that where they believe that food, like the shape of food is good for what it looks like so for example they say carrots are good for your eyes because if you cut open a carrot mm -hmm. and you look inside yeah. it looks like an eye right yeah or like walnuts are good for your brain because brain, it looks yeah. like a brain yeah i forget the name of that science there's a whole uh it's a whole uh field but yeah I love it. a part of like a holistic medicine i love it like like shapes itself like the square man-made shape you know square is a man-made shape there's no squares in nature uh not really what about sponges spongebob <laughs> yeah that's the funny thing about spongebob see but now see i love spongebob spongebob is a great show but then there's a whole conspiracy about spongebob where it's like he's not really in the ocean or something like that or like they're in an aquarium or something and they're being watched and all that like you can watch no. it on youtube yeah it's dope um but like spongebob is not a uh sea sponge he's like a dish sponge oh and he just got dropped in he's like trash yeah. sea trash maybe i mean like he's not a like, like he's a square sponge. But what if he just trimmed himself up? But if you saw his, he has he family. He switches all the time. He has family. His grandma. His grandma's around. His yeah. grandpa. He's the only square. Right. He was adopted. Yeah, but sponges are not even uh, circle either. Like they don't look like sea sponges. I, I've seen them. I, like sea sponges, are, like they just look kind of funky looking. Yeah, they're like all like n like different types of. They're like abstract and shapes. Things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. SpongeBob is great. Like I love SpongeBob. Who's your favorite character? Uh, SpongeBob. Yeah, it's of course. Like I'm that type of person. Like I like the, the I main like character. I like the, the main character. I like the good guy. Like I'm not like I have some friends who like Plankton, like, like Vegeta more than Goku. I always like the main person. Like I'm always oh, like okay. I always like the main person. Dragon Ball Z. I never got deep into that. Oh, like I like uh butter. I like um Blossom the best out of Buttercup, Bubbles, and Blossom. From, oh, from Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Are you excited for the live action? Um, no, I'm not gonna be watching that. You boycotting it? No, I'm not going. Are you part of this it. Twitter, the Twitter debate? No, not for not for uh, Powerpuff Girls. Sugar Spice and everything nice. Space. I just went to see Space Jam. Space Jam was a blower, but not as bad as coming to. Oh, America was it in theaters? Too. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was only on like streaming. They actually. Wow, you went to a movie theater during the Delta Strand. Mm, yeah. How was it? Did they make you sit far away from everybody and like? Mm, no. You were all on top of each other, like they snug, had, they snuggling. Had, it was like a sleepover. They had spaces in there, um, between seats, but I was just sitting next to some little kids, and like one of the kids, <laughs> Daddy, one, why one, is he so big? One of the kids, like, uh, like sniffled or something while we was watching a movie, and you know, I just, I just in my mind, I just say, you know, well, I hope that that kid's all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not one of those people who is just like fuck whatever or like we gotta live life we gotta get back into it um but you know i i did work through the pandemic you know at, yeah. the, at the store at meeps and uh it was a psychological battle man and i'm just like just dealing with customers and stuff like that dealing with customers but 
just psychological because I'm washing my hands. Like I wash my hands so much that my hand I had to buy hand cream for my hands because they got, they got dry. Yeah, got to do that, and then you know, like keeping a mask on. Like I really would keep my mask on. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just like I'm not trying to fuck around with this shit. And then um, not at work. I'm not getting corona at work. Bro, I'm not fucking around with it, but that's the place because that's when you interacting with like all these people every day. So that's where you're really at risk. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then it's like it's that, and then it's like constantly cleaning shit, and then you're just fucking tripping because like this motherfucker's coughing and like fuck the coffin this motherfucker don't want to put on their mask i'm asking them to put on the mask and they're like fuck it i'm not gonna wear my mask at all bro yes like bro i've had like seven people go full on i've had like three q anon type people <laughs> i've had was this during the insurrection and all that this is like before it wow like in the winter time when the shit was like really really like unpredictable still and uh it's like you you really sit there and you think like man like is it worth it to be working this job right now you know what i'm saying like i'm risking like my health and like uh the health of like my loved ones to uh be doing this right now so i better make this check uh like do something and then um you know just realizing that like i was a type of person that had to work through the pandemic and then but you know uh i'm glad that i did because it put me in a position where like i have more control over my life but that's the type of sacrifices that certain people have to make at certain points you know what i'm saying and i just did that but uh just dealing with the customers i had like some q and i had some people that was just like because i had a black lives matter mask on at one point and, and then this guy was like man you ain't no real brother man you know black lives matter that's like george soros or whatever no. the fuck all that shit and like mind you mind you let me tell you what what it's really like this dude literally is in the Adams Morgan all the time. So you know him? I don't fucking know him, but he said he's going to fuck me up. But I think he's like <laughs> schizophrenic. So he came back in the store the other day and I'm like making a $200 sale. And I'm like, do I like tell this crazy person that they can't be in the store or do I um, make the sale? But like he's he didn't. He probably didn't even remember, so he was just calm and he walked. He was talking about the glasses, and then he just walked out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was just like I I dealt with it, and I'm just trying to say, like, bro, like working through that time, and I mean, we're still in it, um, bro. It was crazy because it was like you see the people who are like privileged and they're gonna like put their mask under their nose and like mm-hmm. they're not used to being told what to do, especially not by like a black guy with dreads, you know what I'm saying? Who has yeah. the authority right now and is telling you to do something you don't wanna do that you're like intentionally doing because nobody's gonna tell you to do that at these other places. But then I I am. You tell them to wear it correctly and all that. Yeah, bro, I'm like, can you please pull your mask up? Da, da, da. Yeah. Most people do it. Then some people get blown. Some people got to tell them multiple times. Then they throw a fit. And then when you try to kick people out of the store, they never want to leave the store. All of a sudden, they, they want to live at the Bro, store. Bro, can I tell you, like, just, and this is like, I, I, I kind of want to get into comedy because I'm kind of funny, Loki. Nah, you're funny. But, you don't um, say kind of funny. But, uh, bro, like, I'm the manager of a store and I got the police called on me at my own fucking job by a black person. No. That was a black male from hip hop culture. Wait, was this a George Soros guy? No, this was a fucking person who, like, thought they could, like, demean me and, like, little ways and then they didn't know i was the manager so i'm like oh well actually you know because i let a couple things slide you know what i mean but then i was like was it mask related and stuff no it didn't have nothing to do with the mask um it it had to do with like little petty comments and shit like what was he saying 
uh one of them was like don't touch my stuff like i tried to bring him he left his earrings on the counter like on the opposite side of where he was at and i just was bringing them to him yeah to just just the handsome he's like don't touch my stuff that was like the third comment the 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 first comment was like oh what is this an interview like i'm just trying to like talk to him you know just make a little talk about oh like i like your head whatever yeah but i let those two things slide but then he said something else um after all of that and i was like you know what i'm gonna ask you to leave the store now because blah 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 because at at a certain point um after all of our after all that our people have been through in this country uh you can't be working at a store and feel obligated to uh, like demean yourself in a way where you don't have to and there's a there's a slave inside that says i'm gonna let this person continue to disrespect me but at what point do you say do you exercise your right which is to ask him to leave and that's what i did and he talked a bunch of shit, recorded me like I was caring and was like, blah, blah, blah. So embarrassed me and I have no control over that. Then there's the, like, do I fight him right now? You know, because you get mad. Stuff gets under your skin. Yeah. I let him go. He comes back in a day later and it's like, oh, are we going to do this? You're going to send me the earrings? And I'm like, no. Like, but he was so entitled. So then he calls the police. I'm like, look, dude, you know you're banned from the store. I'm not going to say you anything. Da, 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 da. And then he's like oh like call the police and i'm like listen bro like i'm not gonna call the police but if it goes there i will call the police bro like you know what i'm saying like you can like meander as long as you want i'm trying to give you i'm talking to him like i'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt as both of us being like black or whatever let's not get the cops involved because you know like we're from a culture where like we can literally like have a gun pulled on us like i've had a gun pulled on me and ran for my life and I didn't call the police. And I went home that night not knowing because my friend ran in the opposite direction. And I went home that night and I sit and I said, damn, should I have ran off? Even though my friend like endangered my life by not giving them the shit that they asked for and just let's go about our night. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, should I have called the police? Because like, what if they killed him? But I didn't call the police. And I just sat there and waited and I hit a J and then he ended up coming back to the house. And it was like, what the fuck? And then we talked about it and the shit. But it's like, we be in the situations where we won't even call the police when we really need the police. You know what I'm saying? And that was a situation where I wasn't even, like I had every right to call the police on him, but I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Then he calls the police on me, the manager of the store, bro. And it's like the police came and they barred him from the store. They were like, dude, you're an idiot. You call the police on yourself. He has every right. You know what I mean? But this is the type of like, and it was a black person. Yeah, that's even more disappointing. A black man. Wow. That was young. From hip hop culture? That was young. That was like my age. I'm 26. Wow. Like he was high when he called the police, like off maybe pills maybe weed yeah i feel like it's the only way you can explain it when i see somebody doing something that irrational yeah. i always just say it's drugs alcohol something is in their system that's not making them think rationally it's privilege yeah privilege he was well. definitely privileged it wasn't white privilege but was he from uh was he from i don't know where he's from i don't think he was from here because uh, maryland i know he lives in dc but uh i don't think he was from here yeah yeah, he was somewhere there's a video of me on somebody's Instagram. Somebody saw it. It's like, Marty, what the fuck? Like, why are you going like that? Then it's like, then that's the thing, bro. It's like, I'm sitting there like. <laughs> Would you want to see that video if bro, someone if my, found it? Bro, no, it's so embarrassing, bro. It's like, bro, if my dad saw this video, he would yeah. probably respect it. But at the same time, it's like, bro, like, can I respect myself? Yeah. That's what it's about at the end of the day. I well, mean, the thing is, you didn't do, you're not, you're not a Karen. Like, you were honestly, like, being real with this person and not. Bro, it was he Karen right. me. He literally he carried you. He reverse Karen, bro. Reverse Karen, and it was just like, bro, like it's unbelievable. Like who would believe it? But I guess that's my story to tell at the end of the day. When I'm like, 
79. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever run into that guy again? That DC was, is small. That was that was uh like last week. That was last week? Yeah, that was last week. And uh, uh I'm probably going to see him again. Maybe I won't. I hope I don't. Because yeah. if I do, I might have to like, you know what I'm saying? Throw hands. Yeah, might have to throw hands or like. But see, he wasn't the type of dude that was trying to throw hands. He was he was like one of those people that um they have self respect, so like they're too cool to like throw hands. It's yeah, like bro, I don't want to get messy. Yeah, it's like we don't got to throw hands, but I'm gonna embarrass you. I'm gonna try to make you. I'm gonna try to get under your skin. Yeah, and persuade you. Yeah, and then I'm gonna call the cops on you. But that's the thing that um is the embarrassing thing for him is that he actually called the police on me, and then they like barred him. And I got the video too. So. Yeah, and he made it worse for himself. So literally yeah it's that's unfortunate i'm sorry you have to deal with that man you you deserve better you deserve to not i worked in retail retail a little bit too so i kind of like get mm-hmm. do you ever get those kids who just run around and destroy everything and like take yeah. the clothes off and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and their parents yeah. just let them like it's like yeah. a mcdonald's playpen yeah um yeah but you know i love my job so that's good you know what i'm saying when the kids come in there and do that it's whatever like I don't had to this and this is what I tell people sometimes and I tell one of my coworkers I'm like I don't had to um push trash I met my first girlfriend um pushing a fucking trash can at the Jazz in the Garden and the thing is that wasn't even my fucking job I had to do that because there they this is what they told us there were so many women on the job that they were like yo we don't need you guys serving sangria so you like can you push this trash can and I'm like, uh, I don't really have a choice, so yeah. But the thing is, wait, like, so they don't want men serving sangria? Well, there was an abundance of women at the job, so they made they thought it would make like, mind you, I don't know whose choice this was, and then like you just be going with shit. Are we gonna like, protest this? I mean, fuck, like I don't think they would want people to know this shit, right? Like, I, you know I feel like saying? everybody could serve sangria, bro. They, I don't practice sangria. They fucking made me push that trash can, and it was. That was my first, that was my, that was like my second or first job. And it was so embarrassing. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm pushing a trash can in this fucking place. People might see me that know me. I got to wear a uniform. Yeah. So I didn't have to do shit like that. I didn't have to work under people who I felt like, like weird about, you know what I'm saying? So where I'm, where I'm at now, it's like, I have so much control over like what I'm doing and it's like a good environment and it's cool people coming there. The lady who owns it is a great person. So I don't, I'm not really into complaining. It was one point where I had to uh, make a shift in my mind about the job. And it was after I read uh, or started reading Frederick Douglass's autobiography, like one of them. And just reading like what he kind of had to go through as a slave and shit just made me be like, yo, like, I know I'm a thousand years removed from this. But at the same time, like. Not even a thousand years, maybe like a hundred, two hundred yeah something like that but it's like you 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 can you can find a place in your mind where um you don't have to work with an attitude all day because you're working towards something and you know that you stand on the backs of like so many but then you also know that it's not that far from them so there's a certain uh reality that you got to come to grips with in terms of like the position that you you're playing in all of this did you feel like the work was demeaning a little bit never felt like the work was demeaning but i felt like insignificant to the place like I worked at uh, this one spot um, at Adams Morgan called Pleasant Pops, and there was this guy who used to come in there all, all the time or whatever. And uh, I wanted the sunlight in the store, so I pulled the blinds up, which I can do. And he pulls the blinds down, like because he comes there all the time. He mm-hmm. pulls the blinds down, and not pull the blinds up, like. 
because I'm like still me, bro. Like I'm a real nigga, so it's like I don't give a fuck that this like guy who comes here all the time. Like you don't, I fucking work here, bro. But then like when it got to the managers or whatever, they was like, oh, like he comes here all the time, so um, just let Mr. Eastern like. So it's just like Mr. <laughs> Eastern is more important than me, and like I'm educated, so I can instantly see this. Yeah. And I'm not a person who uh, oftentimes lives in a subservient position. So I can recognize when I'm like, oh, like, I'm irrelevant. Yeah. So I'm saying. The customer is always right and superior. At certain businesses. Strange, yeah. I noticed that's also like a very American thing. I don't know. Have you ever traveled outside the U.S. and seen how customer service works? Never. In outside. Europe, it's very Never different. outside of the U.S. It's very different. You, the customer is not always right. For example, if you get, if they get your order wrong at a restaurant... Sometimes it's just easier to eat what they give you. But here, like, you're almost guaranteed a refund and all that. And, like, it's like... I like that. I like that, too. But, like, you don't like it when you're on the other side of it. You like it as a customer, but not as an employee or as a server. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, in different countries or even different nationalities, when they have businesses, they're, like, more connected to the business. So they're just like, like, if you don't want to eat my shit, you can leave. Yeah, it's more personal, right? Yeah. (laughs) To take it personally. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not that detached, especially if it's a family owned. So is your place family owned? Um, No, a lady owns it. Okay, she doesn't have a family at all. Yeah, she got a family, but she owns her own business. It's not like her little siblings running. It's not a family business. (laughs) They don't have like a kid at the cash register. Yeah. Yeah, That's nice. What kind of clothes do they sell? Vintage clothes. Oh, so is it like a thrift shop? Not a thrift. It's... It's well, vintage has been worn before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a thrift because that that indicates kind of like a different quality of. It's a different stuff. clientele. We don't know. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the clothes have been worn, but it's definitely not thrift because it's like a different um, condition of a clothes. And then it's like you you scour the earth for this stuff. You scour the earth for that like that boiler. Like we got a boiler hat from the twenties in there. Boiler hat. What's that? Are those the hats they'd wear on the Titanic? Yep. There's the like little, it's the hard top. It's like the Monopoly, it's kind of like the Monopoly Man hat, but it's like circle and it's like. Wow, like the Rockefeller. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. The days of exploiting child labor. That's what you wore. Yeah. That's what you wore when you used to like go to speakeasies. Okay? Yeah, speakeasies and like steel factories in P- Pittsburgh. and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what they used to do in the mills? Yeah, make the kids work all day and stuff. Yeah, but you know it's even even more messed up than that? Well, I guess I wouldn't say it was more messed up, but it's on par. They used to design these mills with no windows. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been like, to the Northeast, in like, New Hampshire, Maine, you see okay. all these mills, and it's just brick buildings. Yeah. There's no windows, and it's like, why aren't there right. any windows? Like, So the kids wouldn't be able to tell what time it was, and they would mm-hmm. just work. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, but, you know, it's like, that's that's what FDR got us. Yeah. Some fucking... Was it the New Deal or something? Yeah, it was a bunch of shit. Yeah, he got us, like, unemployment. And then there's that fucking book uh, that came out that changed the industrial industry. I forgot what it's called. It's like it through the fire or something like that. It's like an orange book. Was it written by Maslow? I don't remember, but it, it it's about um like it talks about the meat industry and how like people get their fingers chopped off and stuff. And it's before like labor laws and stuff like that. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're t- horrible things would happen. You wouldn't want to be alive at that time. And then I found out that a lot of the apartments in um New York, the tenements didn't have running water. <laughs> Imagine living in like an apartment and you just like had to go get water every day. They'd have like a communal water fountain and you have to get your bucket of water mm-hmm. and you have to wash your clothes and hang them on the balcony. And 
Yeah. Yeah, there was no like regulation. I mean, and that's what I mean when I was kind of talking about earlier about like, like we live in the future, but we're still so um, like primitive and stuff. We're still eating fish. Because it's like, that was only like 100 years ago or something. And that shit made sense. It made sense for some reason for people to like work nonstop and not have running water and whatever the fuck. Like they were like, we don't have money for these people to have running water. Like we don't have anybody who wants to like build this shit. Like uh, we don't have to build it. We're not. Yeah. That just goes to show like without regulation, human nature isn't going to take over of being kind or anything like that. You can't rely on that. You got to force people to, <laughs> to do nice things sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that work nonstop thing is pretty new too. Like, I think it started during the industrial revolution, but before that people were chilling, people were agrarian. You were a farmer and you only worked half the year. So like for harvesting and planting and all that, you'd have to work obviously with like your family or your like 18 children. You'd be harvesting. There's no time to watch space jam. You'd be planting, you know, yams and turnips. Right. But the bright side was you'd have a bunch of free time with your family. Because you'd be working with your family and then the rest of the year you'd be hanging out because you'd have your money from the harvest. Yeah, I wonder what they would do for fun. Like, man, when I tell you I'm I'm like a factoid person, I'm into all types of stuff. I'm forgetting the guy's name right now, but he makes all the dope documentaries uh, for PBS and stuff. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Kim Burns. Yeah. Bruh, like if I ever meet him, I'm a fan out. He has this one where he talks about the beginning of America and he talks about how they sold these plots of land. Um and like these like Irish farmers or whoever the fuck would come over here and then they would have their like plot of land but it would just be like the wife and the man right and then it's like there was this uh testimonial that this lady had like written and it like lasted the test of time and she was talking about how sad she was when uh one of the chickens died because it was the only thing that would keep her company all day when the (laughs) man was fucking gone and that's the type of like life that they was living to where it was like like Without the chicken there, it was just like deafening silence and shit. Wow. She became friends with the chicken. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing that kept her like... Sane. Yeah. Like company. It's just like there's something else. It's like a clock. And I think that's why clocks might be have that little thing on it. But like... The sound is very important too. Because it's just like... Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You in a yeah. field in the middle of Wisconsin, like you're not hearing any sounds and stuff. But you have the wind and the chirping of the birds. Yeah. It's not many birds in those fields. It's not trees. That's true. You see what I'm saying? They don't have cicadas. They got to wait 14 years for those. Yeah. That's true. It's lonely. Did you know that's why mail order brides started? Really? Yeah. It first started because people were moving like to the Western frontier. Men specifically with majority men who were mm-hmm. going out and they were lonely. And the men who weren't going to saloons were like, I want a good Christian wife. Yeah. And they would just Western Union would like send you a wife and you'd have like a magazine. You'd be like all these types of women. And you'd pick one and they just send you a wife to a farmer and all of a sudden you're a farmer's wife who's best friends with a chicken. That's probably how she got there. I don't know, man. Would you get a mail order bride in another dimension? Probably not because I don't know, unless like unless it's it, unless it look right. If it look right, it smell right. <laughs> how would you know how it smell? <laughs> shit, we gonna have a good night. What the fuck you talking about? You it's got ninety be, days. If this shit say, um, Megan Thee Stallion, 5'11", da-da-da-da, uh, blah, blah, blah. She know how to rap. She know how to do this. She know wop. how to do that. She got the wop. I'm like, okay, is she cool, though? If she cool, we could chill. Hopefully, we hit it off. That's her horoscope, yeah. Yeah, and if and if we don't work out, then I'm just fucking... How can you? Are you going to keep the receipt? Send her back. You're yeah. like, Yo, um, Megan, I got to talk to you for a second. This, me and my mail order uh, wife are not really uh, working out. Can I, like, get a refund on this? And they're like, 
no. Can I get store credit? Yeah, so I'm just send her back. Get a gift card. Wow, that, that's. But I guess I'm old fashioned, so I just put my neck on the line and everything else. In my I appreciate heart. that. You know, you gotta, you gotta. I feel like sometimes we have too much choice. You know, what's the what's the phrase when you have too much choice and you're paralyzed by choices? choice paralysis i feel like now we have too much choice when it comes to that stuff so like people don't pick and a lot of people just end up perpetually single trying and buying yeah i mean love love hurts sometimes in the aspect of it like sometimes i just be sitting back and i'm like yo like not everybody but a lot of people want uh the most handsome wealthiest strongest most intelligent guy and the thing is like everybody wants that and then they just settle for the closest thing to that Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody, but you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, okay, like, well, I've always been the type uh, where it's like, I've been in relationships and I've like looked at the woman I'm with and I'm like, yo, like, we just having a real conversation. I'm just like, man, I don't even know if you should even be with me because who am I to like take you away from like the rest of the world? Like, okay, you're my girlfriend, but like by you being with me, you're literally like missing the opportunity to be with all these other people. Do you and, feel, and it's like, is that an insecurity? Um, I think it can be an insecurity where you feel uh, on a certain level less than because on certain like like Jeff Bezos has more money than me. So I am less than him in the aspect of wealth. But, you know, financial wealth. Yeah. Like, you know, so that can be an insecurity. But at the end of the day, it is a, it is a real insecurity because your significant other like can't depend on you in certain ways like so it's like are you secure in all of these aspects are you like the most intelligent person do you know how to build a house do you know how to like do this do you know how to do taxes do you know how to do this solve a rubik's cube yeah what is your real value you know what i'm saying and the thing is it's like i'm a good time like i'm a good person like i'm gonna help you be a better person but at the same time like all your eggs is in this one basket and it's like i've only had two girlfriends and that's because like i was the type of person that would just avoid um commitment like that because it's just like when you look at it, it's like why be with one person when you can like be with five i got a i got a bar about that like a, well, spit it i want to hear it's it like, um it's like um it's like i had a bad bitch but i could have had five no i had to have her i couldn't waste my time i didn't have much i was spending my time living on borrowed time life two truths and a lie and for rights make a square, but two wrongs make no right. Stop wasting your time. It's a song. So wow. Like, so you equate time. time to money and you're spending your... Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I that's clever. Bro, but that's the poetic. But see, I wrote that jump from a deep place because a lot on my next album, a lot of those songs were just crafted during like that whole quarantine, like real the real quarantine, you know, when you was in the house. Mm-hmm. And it just had some real stuff to say. And what I'm trying to say with that is... Um, I had one girl that was like bad, right? But I could have had five. That's one thought, right? Your first thought is like, damn, I spent all my time with this one person, but I could have been with her, 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 and her. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, no, I had to have her. I couldn't even waste my time. So I couldn't even waste my time like not being with this person. So it's like all in all, like it's a, it's a both ways looking looking at it. It's very it's like abstract, open ended. But I was just making sure to get all out of that. No, I totally get it. Yeah. It's. It's interesting because like you look at that and you only have so much time and you, there's always going to be somebody you might perceive as a better option. Mm-hmm. It's perpetual. Yeah. So yeah. like, where do you stop and say, I guess this is good enough for now and I'm not going to regret it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the hardest thing um, is like being able to leave the casino. Wow. That's yeah, a good way I'm to saying. put it. 
And that's that's the decision you just gotta make sometimes. And it's just like because the thing is, it's like, bro, when you with your when you with your person, you gonna be like, damn, I remember I used to go out, used to have fun. You are gonna be looking at these other Jones, but then when y'all get into it or something, or like when when you like reminisce or you see what it's like, you go back out on U Street or you go back out on whatever. You said U Street, and you like, oh man, like this shit is so like fake. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you don't want to like be lost in that ocean forever you get lost in the sauce and it's interesting because you go on u street and you see attractive people but you're also making the assumption in your head that they're available there's all these assumptions that are going on in your head right let's say you have a girlfriend and then you see somebody else and you're like wow she but then you're making the assumption that she wants a she wants to date you she's available she's compatible with you all based on her physical appearance we make all these conclusions yeah. And then all these conclusions that are based in nothing are having you doubt the stability of your own relationship with this woman mm-hmm. or man yeah. or whoever. Yeah. So it's a weird psychological trick the the brain plays because I feel like humans are never satiated. Yeah. There's always some, it doesn't matter. I mean, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce, right? Exactly. Right? So it doesn't matter how bad you think exactly. you are, how rich you are. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like, that one was... Do you know who he cheated on her with? They never really said. It's just Becky with the good Becky hair. Becky with the good hair, right? Are we ever going to find and Becky? And then if he really cheated on her with Becky with the good hair, it's like, Hope, like, what was you on? And then it's like... <laughs> the, then it's the fact that he never talked about it. And I feel like maybe he's just waiting for, like, the memoir so that it really can... That it's worth what it's worth. Because people are going to buy the book alone just to like... If he mentions, yeah, I think I might... But I don't think he's ever going to mention it because I think he has too much respect. No, he is. Because at the end of the day... I think Becky might mention it. Becky might come out. She would have been came out. She has probably non-disclosure or something. Definitely got an NDA. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to talk about it um, because, you know, it's like there's a... He's not going to talk about it, just talk about it, but there's a lesson in what he went through that he can share with us. You see what I'm saying? Like You think there's some wisdom who was going to drop? Yeah, because, like, man, you cheated on Beyonce. So it's like everybody has their own Beyonce that they cheated on, but it's like you cheated on the the Beyonce. The reference point. And you fucking maintain the relationship so what was it that kept y'all together and then how did you play it to be able to save your relationship you know what i'm saying to be given that mercy yeah i think a lot of people what did you learn from it it's strange being famous like that because nobody could relate to you you can't for example if he came to us right let's say jay-z's our friend and he comes and he's like yo man i gotta I cheated on Beyonce. We're going to make fun of him. We're not going to be able to sympathize with that. Obviously, he made a mistake, but like it's not the same as as if somebody told you they cheated on their girl. Like we're, you know, we see it differently because there's levels. But those are two like of the hottest at the time. Like weren't, you know? weren't they both underage? Yeah. That's I the guess. thing about Jay Z, and and that's the thing uh, I like about his music. He's always the vi- like he's never the good guy in his music. That's one thing about his catalog. He's always the villain. Like wow. he's never like. He even got a bar that says, I tell you half the story, the rest you fill it in, as long as the villain win. Wow. I spend Japan yen at 10 major events. That's his first album. You know what I'm saying? And he's always like the the like sinister kind of guy. Like he never tries to be like the hero. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it would make sense. You're not going to leave them on red unless you have to. Yeah. I mean, if it's like For an inappropriate reason. picture, like if it's something wild or like, 
people getting scammed on like WhatsApp or something. I don't know. I feel like we've normalized a lot of things that yeah, for sure. Older generations really I mean, it's a human disconnect. It's like, "Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going?" and yeah. you you're not even answering my question. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's partly because of like what we talking about, which is like the human disconnect, but then it's partly because it's just like shit is so fake where it's just like you're subscribing to the shit that's like you don't even want to ask how the person's doing but you have to so it's just like i'm yeah. like, so we had a point yeah we had a i think we had a point in society where all the fake shit that like tried to hold up for so long it's just so fake to where it's just like you be fake and i be fake and then like we can both just like coexist <laughs> so i'll call you when i need you yeah it's kind like, of culture yeah but but it's funny because that ultimately like unwinds back down to like uh the savagery it's like we're being so polite that like uh we're not even eating the food and shit yeah it's like the food it's like we we want to be a family so much that like and know about everybody's life that like our, our kid is choking on his fucking mashed potatoes because like we're asking him a thousand questions and he's just trying to be the best son and answer the questions so he's just like yeah mom i got a good grade at school like you know what i mean it's like yeah. you're not even so it's just um you know i guess like when etiquette defeats purpose yeah and i know a lot of people who like live in the um realms of that shit like whether it be like people older than me people my age people younger than me it's just like and it's sad bro it's sad to go to a nice restaurant a smollier like it's at the table and uh my aunt is like oh well like why didn't he tell us he was just a smollier like <laughs> like what do you think we didn't know what a like smollier was yeah and like i and that i see my aunt maybe something that she experiences in life where it's like i'm prepared to be received a certain way but people can't identify that because being black and yeah yeah so what did the sommelier say he was we say he was like a wine taster did he just uh, define what it was I, uh, he was just like oh i um just bring the wine or something something like that but even the uh, sommelier his energy was very much giving like oh they're not gonna tip no 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 like i don't even want to be seen like i have like how I, fancy was this restaurant uh, I don't know. It's pretty fancy. Sounds they fancy had, as They hell. had like a whole chicken that was like $68. So that's. Yeah, that's definitely. That's not a Costco mm, chicken. I mean, but that ain't really. That's that that $4 fancy. chicken, bro. That's like, that's like. That's like the big entry level fancy. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I try to. I'm a carry out boy. Or like, like Chinese food? Yeah, or like Arab food or Middle Eastern food. Right, right. Got the kebab, gyro special. But. Yeah. You're right. There is, you know, certain settings where people assume that you're less intelligent. I mean, I think sometimes I just see certain people's nuanced struggles with this reality that like, I actually care about them. So then when I like, I just wonder like, you know, what they go through and stuff like that. And it's just, it just sucks because I'm the type of person that's just like, bro, I'll eat this shit with my hands. Like you know what I'm saying, like or or I'll fucking yabba dabba do. I'll slurp my my slurpy like, like yeah. it's just certain people don't do stuff like that because it makes you look a certain way, but like I'm beyond that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love that. I find myself doing stuff like that too, and people get uncomfortable. I get too rambunctious, but the more people get uncomfortable, the more I get encouraged to do it. Yeah. You ever feel like that? Like like now I got to go extra hard. Um, I gotta slurp extra loud. I'm I gotta not, be extra. I'm, I'm not that type of person because I'm I'm like I'm in the middle. I'm I'm like the rebel, but I'm still like you. Uh, you still keep still, your voice down at the, at the library. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guess 
being a rebel and being rude are different things though yeah i mean being a rebel is like i'm gonna slurp my damn drink like real loud but also when a person's like trying to tell me to stop yeah being like how i am is like i'm gonna like not tip because i don't have the fucking money to tip and i'm not gonna feel any way about it because like this is a nice ass restaurant and somebody's gonna tip you probably everybody has tipped you all day except for me and i feel like sometimes it's like that can look bad because like we're a representation like the way i was raised is like you're a representation of like your race or like your representation always especially being black you're an ambassador yeah yeah. so it's like you don't want to be that person that like Oh, of course they're not going to tip. But then it's like at the same time, like there's time for doing things the right way. And then there's a time to be real. And it's like, bro, like I'm not about to tip at this restaurant and not have money to get home tonight. And I've been in situations like that before. And, you know, logic will say, well, then don't come in that nice restaurant. But it's like sometimes you got to say, fuck it. Like I'm going to go where I need to go and I'm not going to pay for the bus. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I explained that to my grandmother one time, but I didn't tell her that I was the one doing it. But she was like, oh, well, no, like, you, like these people need to set an example for their children. They need to pay for the bus. Because my grandmother is 80 years old, and she just grew up in a time where it's just like, you had to do what you had to do. And then, like, she was probably one of those type of people where it's like, um, like, I'm going without just to make sure that, like, I pay my fare for the bus or some shit like that. Like, yeah. And I felt like in that moment, I was thinking about, like, the societal constructs. Because even my grandmother growing up having less, she couldn't identify with somebody having less in 2021 and not paying for the bus when they have, like, three kids. Because they need to set an example for her children, for their children. Because if you don't do this, then it's like... And I was like, Grandma, that's kind of, like, stuck up. But I was... I I, I ain't say that, though, you know. Do you think we... Our levels of poverty are worse? Hell no. Hell no, bro. You got to be really fucked up um, nowadays uh, because back in the day, you couldn't go to... Like, my grandmother and them, they literally... Like, their side of the city stopped at H, H Street. Yeah, so segregation. They, yeah, they didn't... I mean, they could go past H Street, but they didn't go past H Street. Or things weren't so readily available. And then when you go down there to the welfare office, it might not be somebody who identifies with you. It might be a person completely, like, has no respect for you. You know what I'm saying? Kind of yeah. like immigration or something like that where, like, the people that don't speak your language or whatever. Like, exactly. Just, you see what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, like, oh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, back in the day, it was way worse, man. I'm trying, I'm telling you, like, we got air conditioner, shit That's like that. That's true. They didn't have a, they couldn't, they really couldn't afford AC. And then the only the only thing they had is they could work jobs that weren't necessarily like whatever college requirements. Yeah, and jobs, still like. make a somewhat of a living. But at the same time, it's like they had a way worse because they couldn't get certain jobs that they were qualified for. They couldn't afford certain things um, because they didn't have enough money. Of like they didn't have knowledge like we have to be able to DIY stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, they were looked down upon uh, by people outside of the community and even inside of the community it wasn't always controlled like like the hood is the hood now but you got people in the hood who have like $100 shoes $200 shoes that's like a norm in today's like, society now whether they got the money because they have a job that pays them and they're a taxpayer or whether they got the money because they're hustling they're still doing certain things but back in the day it's like you could be a normal person. Well, that's kind of like paying the bus fare, right? There's this like societal expectation, like you said, to wear shoes that are a certain brand or cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of how much you make. So it puts more pressure on individual that's people. Real. So that's why people sometimes do things that are irresponsible to get the money. 
because they feel like living within their means is social suicide yeah it's demeaning to live within your means yeah it's demeaning to live in the means and that's the psychological um trap of like our generation and this is really like and it's connected to it's even more messed up because it's connected to your reproduction yeah of course because think about it how many times have you (laughs) have you met a girl who's like Oh, and he didn't have, and he was wearing mm-hmm. shacks. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with him. And it's like a casual comment, Yeah. but you internalized it. Yeah. And you're like, damn. So note to self, right. don't yeah. wear shacks. Yeah. Bro, it's the heartbreak. And this is the thing about it. You only feel it when you're conscious enough to see it. Like when I graduated high school and I saw all of the shoes that my mom had bought me throughout the years. And I was like, bro. Because I was having this consciousness of awakening, right? It's when I changed my diet and all that. I was like, bro, I'm never, I'm, this is my last pair of, of Jordans like that I'm getting this year. This is my last pair. I'm never getting Jordans again because this shit, until I can afford them or until I can. I've never asked my mom to do this. Yeah. I'm just like, bro, all this fucking uh, wasted money. money. On these fucking shoes and these shoes don't even fucking stand up. Like they be breaking down. They be getting scuffed so quickly, getting creases in them. And I'm like, dog, like, this shit is crazy and it's, it's the psychological thing and like you said there's a real world effect of like bro if i don't show up wearing the right thing i won't get the job or this girl won't like me and well it's more so the girl won't like you because reproduction is so innate in humans yeah that if i don't wear these shoes my lineage will not continue on earth think about that no and that's what i'm saying it's the psychological thing but it's yeah. just like you gotta you gotta break away from that you just gotta find it man it's sad it's sad bro because it's just like how do you navigate how do you navigate choosing when to just not give a fuck because it's just like you cannot give a fuck bro and it's too soon like it's like bro you shouldn't have been like you shouldn't have told your girl like yo (laughs) (laughs) what do you do how do you not you know give a fuck but the world gives a fuck that's the hard part yeah i mean that's what i'm saying but it's like honestly like bro like i'm not gonna wear jordans and i'm just gonna be single but it's like or I'm gonna have a harder it's time. It's better, it, like to to be honest, it's better to just like abandon all all not everything, but abandon all that type of silly shit because you just gotta have the faith that there's a a woman or man or person somewhere in the world that's smart as you that can that has let go of these societal constructs and uh will meet you on the other end. And what most people most success stories they they say that they're like. I made it. You know what I'm saying? We made it. I, I found a person. I didn't know if I would, but I found a person. And it's hard to believe when you look to your right and your left, but you also... And this is a, like, man, I think all the time. Like, I remember the first time I ever came to this realization of like, yo, if everybody could do what I do or sort of things that I could see or drew the connections that I could draw, then I wouldn't even be special. You know what I'm saying? But that's the thing about being special is like, you can see what others can't. And that's what makes you like who you are because these people for for whatever whatever reason don't see it they're still caught up in a paradigm and yeah there's survival and that's that's the thing for me all the time it's like do i say what i really feel under this ig post or do i say something that's going to relate because i can sit up here all day and say the realest shit um but like people don't have time to read this or like this making me look a certain way some people play the game the right way to where it's uh like jay-z he didn't come in the game talking about credit and stuff. But if he did, he may have never been who he is now. And it's like, that's 
that's the brutal reality of nature is that it's just like if you go outside of the herd sometimes that is like your worst mistake because it's an illusion it's the human illusion that allows one person to um stray away from everybody else and find the tree that nobody could ever found find and then they're the greatest person but then there's the odds of like okay either you're going to be like the one person who like is the smart monkey that broke away from the other ones and started our gene our gene pool of who we are now or you're going to be the one or more likely what happens is you're able to ride the wave and then break off at an opportunistic point you know what i'm saying like or you end up just dying yeah you know and you're the monkey who never continue their lineage because they didn't buy jordans yeah but it's like the quickest the quickest way to die is not putting them jordans on your feet yeah you know what i'm saying Dude, that, like you think you cool bro you think you cool because like you like you got those people and i grew up with them type of people who was like bro i'm about to wear sandals bro i'm about to be different bro and then sandals it's like and socks yeah then it's like bro like you're missing out on so much just because you didn't get one pair of fucking Jordans, bro. Just get one pair of Jordans for when we go out to the club, so that like you could get some bitches, bro, and, and so not be standing over here like get your fucking haircut, get a nice outfit, and do this shit, participate because it's worth it, bro. Like this is one night, like just get one pair of Jordans, bro. They don't have to be the off white. Like what's the names? All you need is one pair. Keep them clean and just <laughs> and just wear them when we Keep go. Keep the box. Keep them in the box. Yeah, when we go out, this is what you wear, and that's like logic but then at the same time you got to realize like you're being subservient to this thing yeah, that you're, make you're making a compromise with yourself and i've never gone to a club and come back super satisfied like i've never i can't think of one moment where i've gone to a club but have you done it the right way oh it sounds like i gotta go out with marty that's what i'm saying marty gotta show me a good time not, i mean i need to go out with you but most definitely but the thing is like when i'm talking about not a good time like i never feel fulfilled like i never say First of all, I get home late. I'm never what would late. make you feel fulfilled? That's the thing. I don't think the club has anything fulfilling to offer me. Yeah, I've been that person. But see, I had to like, I had to do it. I had to fall flat on my face because there was a time when I'm like, yo, like I'm going out by myself now. I'm not even like, there's nobody to hang out with. Everybody's busy, but I'm still going out and I'm by myself and I'm look and I'm looking to run into people at these clubs. Yeah, that I know. Yeah. Um, but it's like I could be spending my time um, doing better shit than this, like like on my Kobe Bryant. But instead, I'm on my Kwame Brown, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm bullshitting, like you know. But it's just like the ant versus the uh, grasshopper or whatever the fuck. And it's, yeah. it's like that's the way you gotta live intentionally. Um, but at the same time, it's like there's a reality. So that's just what I mean when I'm saying like, did you do it the right way? I'm talking about like, bro, I went to park one night. Um, during the Black Congressional Caucus weekend, and I had a wristband because my man had a table, yeah. and like I got to see what it's really like to go to the club because people treat you different when you got that wristband on. Oh, so you were a VIP guest. Yeah, like you were club. like okay. you got you got a table. You looking like you got money. I've never I've never done that. I never got that. But but that's when you get to really see how people treat you is when like you're um in an exalted position. Yeah. So it's like what I mean. Did you do it right? Meaning like. Did you have like a dope ass outfit on like that people I mean, like? I don't own any Jordans. I can say that, but I I I, I show up. You know, I uh, nah, I clean you, up nice. You gotta you gotta you gotta wear what's expected to wherever you going. I'm not. The thing is, I'm not a Jordan dude. So, I'm not you, so you don't gotta wear the Jordans, but you gotta. And that's the thing about us. Like we like we can wear so many different things and be accepted um, by people now. Like a girl would be like, oh, like like me. Like I got on a nice shoe. Yeah, but it's 
it has dirt on it. You might not be able to see it off top, but if you look, but that's kind of trendy now. I've seen that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like they they'll allow that type of shit. Are what are they? Uh, these are Converse, uh, okay, Golf Wang, Tyler Jones. Oh, Golf Wang. Yeah. Okay. You see? I see. I see. I like. Yeah. Look at that. Look how that, it affected me. Yeah. That's me. what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. I didn't even know he had his own shoe. Yeah. I see. I see people wearing Skechers these days, like Velcro Skechers. Like yeah. those are coming back. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's it just depends, man. It's so you were at the club VIP. I was at a club. I had the wristband on. I had a nice outfit on. So how do people like? Was it just the staff that was treating you better, or was it the people um, in the club? Not the staff. It was the people in the club because they could see that I had the wristband on. So it's like normally if I go out, I'm probably wearing something dope. Um, so it's like yeah, he got on something dope. That's cool. But he got on something like dope. But he got the wristband. So like he looking like it, but he is it. Mm-hmm. And now it's just up to me to find out. Oh well, like how many bottles do y'all have at y'all section so it's always like more to see more to see and more yeah. to see but at the same time it's like i got to see how people are treating treating me and it and it felt good you know what i'm saying but um i be in a club bro and it's like damn i ain't even dancing like our generation fucked up because we don't really dance and if you look at that. like if you look at like the 50s and 60s bro when they were really like throwing they girls were putting in the air, on shows man. bro they were having they were they, that's what they did to have fun and my grandmother she's 80 and she really likes the concept of dancing and stuff and what i realized was dancing was such a fun activity because you could go meet new people you could dance and have fun it feels good to dance the moving the body movement then ancestrally what dancing means and stuff and just like you know what i mean like dancing really plays a part and i feel like the lack thereof of dancing in the clubs now at most like black spots is a reflection of like our oppression and shit wow you know what i'm saying for a fact wow. because even when we were like really 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 like segregated oppressed out of that we still would dance and stuff but i think now we're caught up in this um place where like you're trying to hold on to your cool uh by like not being embarrassed but i think back in the day like bro you know the coolest guys that could dance the best probably dropped a girl one time or they they fell or they tripped up but it was okay with you know it's like i'm really cool so i don't gotta fake like it but i feel like now it's like cool has become laid back well back in the day it's like if you standing up against the wall then you're not cool now the cool people stand up against the wall i think it's a deep insecurity you think so i think yeah. people are pretending to be cool but they're just really scared to try it fail i mean it's 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 the normalization of standing on the wall and i feel like it has something to do with violence and it has something to do with like what became cool because even if you look at the 90s breakdancing and all that and like uh drum and bass music and all that shit was going on and people still was like partying but somewhere along the line like uh like like the lean back like we don't dance we, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away wow you know what i'm saying like so it was, a, it was at that point where like gangsters became the the you know the cool shit I but think, now it is hope for this like tiktok generation because i love the little the, little, the cute little dances the i Renegade think that yeah i think that in 10 years when they're all like 17 or 27 the clubs will be back jumping <laughs> like it's a disco when we're like old and decrepit yeah because they grew up dancing yeah but we kind of grew up dancing too right yeah we did when did we lose the spark when we all got jobs and started? Nah, we lost that shit in middle school i think we got made fun of all it takes is one bully to make you stop dancing. Yeah, but it's like it only takes one bully when it's when it's one bully. When it's a bunch of bullies, it's like 
I feel like back in the day, like, you know how we were talking about my grandmother's time and stuff. I feel like back in the day, it's like you knew you wasn't the tough guy, so you wasn't even faking. Like, you ain't even want to get into a fight with, like, the guy because, you know what I mean? It's just like everybody going to get their ass beat around here because yeah. big, big Joe going to beat everybody's ass because <laughs> he really, like, don't know how to read and he's really not the good guy. Like, the bad guys is the bad guys and it's just like, you know, and those are the type of people, especially when you come from environments, like, you can make it out because it's like, I'm not putting on airs. And I feel like nowadays, you know, just this whole middle class existence, it's like you can see the top and then you can see the bottom. So you just try and hold on to your position. You know wow. And it gives you this false yeah. level of security. Yeah. And, and I feel like often poor people are used as like a way of being grateful, which is so messed up. Yeah. You know, they're not there for us to feel happy about our own lives. But that's the middle class, right? To some people, yeah. Yeah, like you're there. I don't think rich people look at you know, homeless people and say, at least I'm not homeless, like very rich people. I think they're so beyond that point of ever being close to homelessness, but middle-class people are so on the edge of homelessness right. and going on vacation to Myrtle beach that they see it and they feel grateful that that's not it. So in a way our society needs homeless people to maintain the middle class. Cause if the homeless people aren't there, which is messed up, what are the middle class going to compare themselves to, to know that they're middle class? Yeah. Psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the truth. You blessed this podcast with your presence. I appreciate being on your podcast. Bruh, I want you to come back on. Hope you'll accept the invitation yeah, for the yeah. future. I'm going to definitely um, come back um, after I put the album out. That's dope. We want to have you back yeah. on. Nice. Yeah. Damn, pump it up. Bruh, I love that song. <laughs> like, I can just keep playing it. I love it. Yo, what's your Instagram handle? Let, let, the, let the best rapper in DC. No on, lie. On Instagram. Best rapper in DC on Twitter. And if you want to email me uh, for like booking or just like something else, uh, the best rapper in DC at gmail.com. Yeah. You can type in Marty Heem Cherry on iTunes or Google or YouTube. And on Spotify? Yep. Spotify, everything. Dope. And if y'all want to hear like some shit that's not on the interwebs, just hit me up and I'll, I might send you something. Super secret release party? Yeah. What's going on here, Marty? I love it. I love it, Marty, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. I love you all so much. And good day. Yeah. <laughs>